Don't stop on my account. Don't stop on my account. I'm not worthy. He is, though, right? Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of your heavenly father. How y'all feeling today? I like Renee's response. She just said, "Woo!" You got to know what that means in the spirit. There's some words to that. You got to be able to interpret that. Hallelujah. All right. Let me see. I got an hour. Y'all ready? All right. You want to preach today, Manuska? <laughs> Hallelujah. As uh, Tanya said, uh, the mission of this church is to reveal the truest intentions of God as a father. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all know that was Jesus' intentions too? (laughs) That was Jesus' intentions too. He came to reveal his father. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the father except through through, somebody say through, through me. Our vision is we will labor with you until Christ is formed in you. So it don't matter if you hard headed. It don't matter if you nice, nasty. It don't matter if you passive aggressive. It, it don't matter what your situation is, what your circumstance is. We will labor with you until Christ is formed. Until Christ is formed. The Bible says it's the job of the fivefold ministry to bring you to the full stature which belongs to Christ. Y'all ain't read that? Ephesians 4 and 11 through 15. It is the fivefold ministry. It is our job, okay, to get you to the full stature, not partial, to the full stature of the maturity which belongs to Christ Jesus. He came with a mission. We should have one too. Amen. So we're going to get into um, the word for the day. Uh, We still are on snapshots of the Holy Spirit. What I'm doing is we've heard millions of teachings about the Holy Spirit, right? All I'm doing is putting a visual to it, snapshot to it. I just want you to get the picture of what happens when the Spirit comes upon you. All right. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the seed of Christ is now in you. You need to know that. Okay. The Bible says that is an incorruptible seed. All right. So your bad attitude and your mistakes can't corrupt it. (laughs) Can't corrupt it. There's nothing you can do to corrupt that seed. The Bible said it is incorruptible. Nothing you can do to corrupt that seed. And because that seed is in you, you are, the Holy Spirit comes upon you to seal you. Amen. It comes upon you to seal you. And because you are sealed, angels surround and work on your behalf. So we are going to do seal. We're going to teach from the title of sealed. uh, And this will be part three and the final uh, teaching on snapshots of the Holy Spirit. Have you been blessed?
Okay. Have you learned? Are you more familiar with the Holy Spirit now? Are you more familiar with your angels? Are you talking to them? Are they talking back? You you dispatching them? Hallelujah. How many of y'all know it is our responsibility as children of God to send forth angels into the planet? If we don't do it, who going to do it? Nobody else has authority. If we don't do it, who going to do it? It is your job to send angels to your family. I know you don't like them. I know you don't like them. But it is your job to send angels to your enemies. It is your job to send angels to the lost. So we're going to talk from the title of, like I said, sealed, sealed, sealed. Uh, So the reason why I teach the way I teach for our visitors uh, is because the Bible exists purely, purely because God wanted to be a father. All right. The Bible does not exist because he wanted to play games with your life. Because he put you here, he wanted to save you, and then wait till you make a mistake and unsave you. (laughs) He wanted to bring you into his household, but then be impatient with you. The Bible does not exist for heaven and hell. The Bible exists because God wants to be your father. Say, my father. And because he wants to be your father, he has equipped you. He has supplied you. He has given you the seed of Christ. And because you have the seed of Christ, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. After Jesus was baptized, after Jesus was baptized, Jesus was the son of God before he got baptized. Okay, the baptism didn't make him the son of God. He was the son of God before he got baptized. As soon as he came out the water, the spirit descended on him. Not in him. The Bible said the spirit descended on him. Then he heard a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased with. And I have to keep reiterating this point. He hadn't done no miracles. He was pleased with him. You do not have a father that's just pleased with your accomplishments. He ain't just pleased because you hit the jump shot because you scored the touchdown. He love you when you fumble. <laughs> he love you when you turn the ball over. He love you even when you make mistakes. The Bible said that he so loved us. He so loved the world. Now that's a deep love, okay? So love is a deep love. It's a bottomless love. He so loved the world that he gave. So he looked at people who were against him. People who didn't like him. People who didn't know him. The Bible said we were strangers. We were foreigners. We were aliens. We were separated from the promises of God. And he looked down and said, I want them to be my children. And I'm going to do everything I can in my power. And my first installment to them is I'm going to give my son. I'm sorry. I'm going to give my only. (laughs) My only. He didn't give his second son. He didn't get a third child. I know y'all have had to pick. And so because we are his children, he gives us the Holy Spirit. And like I told you last week, 
the Holy Spirit adds super to your natural. Whatever you do well, the Holy Spirit adds super to your natural. Now, the spirit upon symbolizes these seven things. The first one is the incubator. So the spirit comes upon us to incubate us. Secondly, the kingly robe, because you are royalty, the spirit comes upon you like a king's robe. And because that spirit comes upon you, the angels see you, oh, he a king. Oh, she a queen. The spirit comes upon you as an ephod. An ephod is a priestly garment. Because we are royal priests, because we are part of a priesthood, the spirit comes upon us so that we can perform our duties. The spirit comes upon us as a mantle. A mantle is a prophetic garment. It is a prophetic robe. The spirit comes upon us as a signet ring. Okay, a signet ring is a ring that goes on your finger and it symbolizes that you now have authority. It comes upon us as the anointing oil because we are anointed for an assignment. The Bible says what? The anointing destroys yokes. Every child of God has the ability to destroy yokes. Every child of God. Then it comes upon us as the armor of God because we are warriors. Now, last week we talked about, uh, we talked about the anointing oil, the armor of God, and the incubator. All right, this week we're going to talk about, or today rather, we're going to talk about the kingly robe, the ephod, the mantle, and the signet ring. Amen? Now, these are things that you have to know. You must recognize these things. You have to know these things. We are doing snapshots of the Holy Spirit. We are trying to show you in the spirit realm what the Holy Spirit is doing to you and for you. Our first scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. And it reads, in him you were sealed. Say sealed. You were sealed. You were also, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is a down payment of our inheritance. It is a down payment of our inheritance. So the Spirit comes upon you, but it's only a down payment. There is more to come. Okay? The way that you retrieve more or go after more is by engaging. The Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us to fellowship with the Spirit. The Bible tells us not to quench the Holy Spirit. Meaning the Holy Spirit is there to do a task and we can prevent it. The Bible tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit knows his job. That's why we call it a hymn. We call it a hymn because the Holy Spirit is there to impart. If it was a she... It'd be there to produce, but it's there to impart. The Holy Spirit is there to impart 
And so the definition of seal is to be established irrevocably as a child of God because you are predestined, because you have the incorruptible seed. And like I keep telling you, this is according to heaven. When you get the Holy Spirit, your kin folks, no, they don't, they don't see it on you. They don't recognize you as being anointed. All right. This happens in the spirit realm. You are sealed, meaning you are irrevocably a child of God. So now incubation has to occur. Angels are assigned to you. The Bible says that ministering spirits are sent to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. Just because you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ, the angels say it is our job to minister to them. The Bible said that the father sent them in his name to minister to us. He loves us. It also means that you are marked Meaning you have been identified as chosen. You are a saint. You are his elect. You are sanctified. Meaning it is his job now to raise you. It also expresses ownership. Which is lordship. And the good thing about lordship is that we belong to the Lord. And because we belong to the Lord, it is the Lord's responsibility to make sure that we walk in our predestined purpose. It also stands for security. We are, you are protected because you are sealed. Like I said before, how many times have you seen a ch- the child of a king walk in a room by themselves? You don't see him walking in public by themselves. Not even a, the president's child. They got se- secret service around them. That's symbolic of angels. No government official. The president just can't ride up and down the street in his car. You know the president. You know somebody's important. Why? Because you see all of these police officers. In the a, in a spirit realm, uh, 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 angels represent police officers. So everywhere you go, them angels are with you. They're with you. Why? Because you're marked. Because you're chosen. Because God is your father. And it also represents the permanency of seal. Which means all of this has happened because you now bear his name. You now bear his name. You now bear his name. So, the first, let's get into it. Y'all ready? All right, our first one is the signet ring. The signet ring. Now, the signet ring represents a symbol of authority. It represents where you are positioned. The Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. All right. The signet ring represents that because this ring has been given to you, authority has been placed on you. Genesis 41 and 42 says, Pharaoh, we're talking about Joseph. Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. Clothed him with fine linen, fine linen garments, and placed a gold chain around his neck. Got Joseph looking like a rapper. 
But it says Pharaoh removed the signet ring from his hand. So the ruler of the nation removes the ring from his hand and places it on Joseph's hand. Verse 43. Then it says he had Joseph ride in the second chariot. Why is he riding in the second chariot? Because he now has that signet ring. Why is he riding in a second chariot? So people can know where he's seated. He's doing this so that people can know. He gave him the ring to seal him. So when the people see that ring, they know Joseph is in charge. When he gave him the ring, he told him, you can rule every, you can rule all of Egypt except me. So it said he had Joseph ride in his second chariot and servants called out before him, make way. (laughs) That's the angels. Make way. So he placed him over all the land of Egypt. It says, so he placed him. He didn't place himself. He placed him. The ring represents that he was placed in a position and everybody under Pharaoh's command is to see that. That's why I told you, you are sealed in a spirit realm. All the angels of God see you a certain way. You don't see yourself that way. That's why we got to teach stuff like this. Because you don't see yourself that way. You see yourself the way people talk about you. You see yourself through the lenses of society. You see yourself on the judgment of man. But the Bible says, don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. Faith is a knowledge. Faith comes with an understanding of a system and how things work. Once I know how he sees me, I don't care how nobody else see me. I hate to say that. I don't care how, it don't matter. It don't matter how nobody else see you. It really don't. So y'all stop getting your feelings when people say they feel a certain way or they or they think a certain thing about you. It don't matter. A lot of time it's a test to see if you know who you are. Uh, Okay. Y'all sound like y'all ready. Verse 44. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And no one will be able to raise his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt without your permission. The signet ring. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Jesus said, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He's the head. You're the body. Until... The body understands the head, we can't walk with him. We can't move with him. We can't even sit with him. Because you're seated, but it has to be a faith. It has to, it has to interrupt your belief system. It can't be something you just say out your mouth. Don't run your mouth, believe it. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I, I'm I want y'all to feel like I'm being tough on y'all. Y'all know I don't care. Not at all. Not one bit. Okay. Get in your feelings so I can get you out of them. 
So he told, he said, Pharaoh told him. Okay, now, this is how we were given dominion of earth. I created you in my image according to my likeness and said, dominate. So, according to the Father, nothing else should move without our permission. We ain't there yet. Nothing should move without our permission. According to the Father. The ring represents authority by placement. Even the kings, what the kings would do is they would use those rings to seal letters. They would use those rings to, to uh, uh, when they would put someone to death to seal the tomb. It's the same thing that happened when they put Daniel in the lion's cage. They put Daniel in a lion cage, sealed it, and then they used a signet ring so that if anybody tampered with it, we'll know. Even in marriage, what is it? What is what does this ring represent? It's a seal. <laughs> it's a seal. It's a seal that says you have authority over family as a man. That's it's a seal to let women know you take. <laughs> what 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 y'all laughing for? I'm serious. It's a seal. It's a seal to let you know that brother taken. Leave him alone. That sister taken. Leave her alone. She's sealed. Until the day of redemption. I'm going to stop. <laughs> it's a seal. That's what, marriage, that's what the ring represents in marriage. It's to let everybody know. Husbands, leave that ring at home if you want to. First thing your wife, why you leave your ring at home? <laughs> why is she asking that? Because she don't want you to leave the house without that ring unsealed. <laughs> all right let's move on to the mantle all right i didn't start i didn't start it something okay we'll say we sealed we sealed. <laughs> the next one is the mantle now a mantle is a prophetic robe or garment that lets all know you operate in a certain office or calling. All right? It is a garment. It is a prophetic garment that prophets wear. They wore the garment so everybody would know what they were called. Now, why don't we wear mantles now? Say again. Because we don't need it. The Holy Spirit has come upon us. It's symbolic. It's symbolism. First Kings 18 and 46. It says, the power of the Lord was on Elijah. It wasn't in him, it was on him. And he tucked his mantle under his belt and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. He tucked it in. Why? Because he had it on him. And he gave him superpowers. The Bible said that the power of the Lord was on him to the point where he tucked that man on him and ran ahead. Now, y'all don't, y'all don't understand. Okay. It's like right now, Mama Mary 
and, and Chris, y'all going to the same direction, about the same t- side of town. He beat him every time, see? So what's going to happen today is Chris going to put on his prophetic mantle and he going to run and he going to beat you there. <laughs> so the mantle is worn so that people would know. Amen. The mantle was worn so that people would know. The Holy Spirit comes upon you so that angels will know. We don't care about people knowing. We don't live our life for people. The Bible says whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of our Father. We don't do things for people. We don't do things because of people. We do things because we have been commanded. One of the words that Bishop Oyepo gave when we were in a minister conference was, don't do anything unless you're commanded. I don't care how good it sounds. I don't care what program it is. Okay? I don't, it, could be, it could be a homeless program. Let's do a homeless feed. It sounds good. But if he didn't command us to do it, it's a waste of time. It's just, it's just humane. It's just humane. If he don't tell us to do it, don't do it. If he don't tell you to do it, I don't care how good it sounds. First Kings 19 and 19. It says, Elijah left there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, as he was plowing. Twelve team of oxen were in front of him. And he was with the 12th team. Elijah walked by him and threw his mantle over him. And said, you next. So in this passage of scripture, Elijah is passing the mantle to Elisha. He walks past him and throws the mantle on him, Chad. Like, you it. (laughs) Your turn now. This is why the Holy Spirit comes upon us. But watch this. It says he walked by him and threw the mantle over him. But what was Elisha doing? He was plowing. He was plowing. He was plowing. He caught him with a work ethic. It was the passing of the mantle. That's why Acts 2 and 17. That's why Acts 2 and 17 says this. It says, and it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out. I will what? Pour out my spirit on all people. On all people. Now, as a child of God, you get it as a mantle. You get it as a robe. You get it as a signet ring. You get it as anointing. But for the unsaved and the ungodly, they get it as conviction. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will convict them of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. So he says, I'm pouring my spirit out on all flesh. If you're a child of God, you get it for this reason. If you're not, you get it for this reason. Amen. He said, then your sons and your daughters will do what? 
prophesy. He said, once I pour my spirit out on you, it'll be like an ephod. It'll be like a priestly mantle upon you. For the purpose of what? Prophecy. Then it says, it says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. He's telling you why he poured the spirit out. Verse 18, he says, I will even pour out my spirits on my servants. So it is something about when you have a heart to serve, they just ask more spirit to you. It's just something about when you want to serve, you want to help that adds more spirit to your life. Whenever you want to become a servant, he said, I'll give you the helper. He said, I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. Now, it didn't say they will be prophets. Let's talk. Let's talk. All right. What y'all saying? I said nothing. It didn't say I will. He didn't say that they will be prophets. But everything we do is 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 under prophecy. Okay, even right now, this is prophetic. I spent time in the spirit, wrote it down, and I'm just doing what the spirit told me. It's prophetic. The difference between a, between everything else, a prophet, a prophet receives, speak, receive, speak, receive, speak. A seer receives, sees, but has to wait till it's time to say it. If you get a word of wisdom, you can have a word of wisdom. It ain't prophetic until he tell you to talk. You can have a word of knowledge, but it ain't prophetic till he tell you to give it. You can be a teacher. He can give you a whole curriculum. He gave you the curriculum. It's all spiritual, but it's not prophetic until you engage it to teach. So that is the, all the gifts are prophetic. We are prophetic people. We have a prophetic culture. That's why I told Dr. Hardy. I said, look, if, if you are, if you are to be a prophet and you are to hold the office, this is how you know a prophet holds the office. For one, it's working in their personal life. If it ain't working in your, per- your personal life, you can just profit. You can just prophesy, but you're not a prophet. It has to work with you first. It should work in your finances. It should work in your business. It should work in your skill set. It should work in your career first. Then you should be able to prophesy publicly. You should be able to stand here, see, and speak. And the third thing you should be able to do is you should be able to teach the prophetic culture. You should be able to impart that grace in in his children. Y'all see Dr. Hardy doing all that? All that, right? (laughs) Say I'm sealed to live in a prophetic culture. Watch this. Second King, 6 and 15. Now, we have already established that Elijah is a prophet, right? And that he gave the mantle to who? Elisha. All right. 
Verse 15, it says, when the servant of the man of God got up early and went out, he discovered an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. Can you imagine that? You wake up, go out, look out the window. You got all these people with guns surrounding your house. So he asked Elijah, oh, my master, what are we to do? Now, what's going to happen is Elijah prophetic about to kick in. <laughs> now, okay, let me get Elijah said, don't be afraid for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Then Elijah prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around. Watch this, Elisha. He didn't say the servant. It wasn't around the servant. It was around Elisha. Why was it around Elisha? Because he had that mantle. <laughs> he had something that servant didn't have. Because the servant didn't have it, the servant couldn't see it. When the Armenians came against him, Elijah prayed to the Lord, please strike this nation with blindness. So he struck them with blindness according to Elijah's word. Now, three things I want you to see here. Look what surrounded him. Look what surrounded Elijah. The scripture said horses and chariots of fire, angelic presence. The servant didn't see it because it wasn't surrounding the servant. Elijah wasn't worried because he knew the connection. He knew he was connected in the spirit. So he tells the servant, it's more of us than them. The servant is like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Not according to my eyes. That's why the Bible tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. Right now, it don't matter who's coming up against you. Tell me who's surrounding you. <laughs> tell me who's surrounding you. Don't tell me who's coming up against you. Tell me who's surrounding you. Don't speak sight. Speak faith. Don't tell me who against you. Tell me who for you. That's only... All right. Now, look what happened when he prayed for the servant. Elijah is the one that prayed and said, open his eyes. And until Elijah prayed that, his eyes remained closed. It was no different from Paul coming up against uh, 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 someone doing witchcraft. <laughs> now, watch this. And, and Paul told him, okay, so you're going to continually come up against the things of God? Right now, I strike you with blindness. How do you think that happened? Paul said it. The angel plucked his eyes out like the three stooges. <laughs> y'all know the defense mechanism? That's, that's how you do it. Oh, y'all don't know. Come on, stop playing. Y'all know the... <laughs> y'all ain't never seen like Mo Curly. We tried to poke him in the eye. He did like this. I was like, oh, that was deep. That was... <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> he blocked him like, boom. <laughs> so... 
And soon as Elijah prayed for him, he saw what covered the mountain. Now, the Armenians came up against him. It says, Elijah prayed, please strike the nation with blindness. So he struck the nation with blindness. But when did it happen? When did the army of angels move? When Elijah said, when he spoke, when he told them, when he gave them a command, your angels don't move until you command them. You can sit there and complain all you want to about the situation. You can cry. It don't matter. You can pout. You can even praise and worship. You can sing your favorite gospel joint song. (laughs) Whatever. I'm from them streets. You can sing your favorite song. It don't matter until you command them angels to do something. You just going to use a lot of Kleenex. Amen. Okay, our next one is the ephod. The ephod is a priestly garment that lets all know that you are called to mediate. That you are called to mediate. That's why as children of God, we have no choice but to pray. We are called to pray. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ. Amen. The Bible said that Jesus was the mediator between man and God. We are the mediator between the world and our heavenly father. That's why we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. They don't know him until you tell them. This is why the Bible tells us to be a living sacrifice. This is your reasonable service of worship. Why? Because who you are in the spirit, because what rests on you, because the assignment that belongs to you. Those who wore that ephod, okay, they, the ephod itself had instructions because you couldn't just wear that ephod. You wore that ephod because you wanted to serve. That ephod meant that you were clean. That ephod meant that as a representative, you were chosen to go before the people for the purpose of God, for the Father's purpose. This is why the Bible says, I can't believe I didn't put that scripture in there. This is why the Bible says that we are a royal priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. We are a royal priesthood, meaning we are called to pray. We are called to intercede. We are called to intervene. We ain't on nobody's team. We ain't on nobody's side. We are just called to intervene. We called to look at a situation, and the Bible says, pray without ceasing. The Bible says, the fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. Why? Because that ephod rests on us. Because that ephod rests on us, we have priestly duties. Amen. The ephod rests on the priest so that everybody could know these are the ones that are chosen to talk to God. These are the ones that is chosen to go into the Holy of Holies. The Bible said that Jesus is our high priest. He's the apostle and high priest of our faith. First Samuel 2.18. I got 25 minutes. 
It says, Samuel served in the Lord's presence. This mere boy was dressed in linen in the linen ephod. Samuel was a called prophet. This is the one who anointed David. He was called. The Bible said that he served, he served with the ephod on, which means he knew what his duties were. First Samuel 2 and 28. It says, out of all the tribes of Israel, y'all reading? I chose your house to be my priest. To offer sacrifice on my altar, it's what priests do. To burn incense and to wear an ephod in my presence. I also gave your forefathers, family, all of Israel's fire offerings. So because they were called as priests, they were chosen to do what? To offer sacrifices, to burn incense, and to wear that ephod. Everybody can't wear that. The spirit don't come on everybody. I told you, if the Holy Spirit comes on a sinner, it is, to, it is to convict of sin, of judgment, and of righteousness. But when the Spirit comes on you, it's because you have an assignment. That's why the Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be a witness. I don't know what type of witness. I don't know how. Maybe it's as a king. Maybe it's in your anointing. Maybe it's as a priest. Some way, somehow. Maybe it's as a warrior. But we are called to be witnesses. That word witnesses in the Greek is a martyr. So you're not just chose to do this. You chose to do it in a manner where you would die for it. So if he expects you to die for it, then he expects you to live for it. Let me say that again. If he expects us to die for it, you can't die for nothing you don't live for. You can lie to yourself. Jesus, no, Peter. You're going to deny me three times. (laughs) he knew he would why why he know he would because the spirit had not rested on him yet he didn't have what he needed to do that what he thought he could do he didn't have he wasn't equipped to do until the day of Pentecost first Samuel 23 and 9 now in this passage of scripture David is grabbing the ephod for the purpose of communicating. And this is, this is another thing. We, can't, we don't hear right without the Holy Spirit. That's why he's, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and he sends ministering angels to minister to us. Y'all don't understand, okay? We are in America. <laughs> and in America, we don't know what's going on in our own city. A lot of times, even in our own household, we don't even know what's going on. So if we are to know what is going on in heaven and communicate with it, we're going to need something. Okay, satellite phone, something. 
And it reads, now, David knew that Saul was plotting evil against him. Uh, we have to solve some problems. So he said to Abiathar, the priest, bring the ephod here. Why he want to bring the ephod here? Because I need to talk to God about some things. I need to know what to do. Verse 10 said, then David said, O Lord, God of Israel, your servant has heard for certain that Saul is seeking to come to Kalia and destroy the city on my account. Verse 11, he said, will the men of Kalia surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down just as your servant has heard? O Lord. O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. Yep, he about to come visit you. It's about to be beef. It's about to be a problem. Verse 12, then David said, will the men of of Kalia surrender me and my men into the hands of Saul? And the Lord said, they will surrender you. So he had to have a conversation about some things that he seen, but he didn't understand. So he told him, give me the ephod so I can go before the presence and hear. We have to use that. Okay. When things are going wrong in your life and you don't understand, go get that ephod. Depend on the spirit. Amen. Now. Now, who is this? Who are we talking about in this passage of scripture? Y'all whispering? Okay. David. (laughs) Y'all like the baby sleep. (laughs) He's talking about David. He's talking about David. Now, the significance of David is this. David had his own personal covenant. All right. He had his own personal covenant that Jesus would come through his lineage. Now, the reason why, because David had the messianic anointing on his life. He was the only man in the Bible that was able to be prophet, priest, king and warrior. No man held all of those but David. That's why you see David. That's why watch this. David was a priest. That's why he wrote so many psalms. He stayed before the presence of our father so much that he said, this is a man after my own heart. This is a man after my own heart. No matter what goes on, no matter what he, no, no, even when he do wrong, it don't matter. He comes right back to me and get it right with me. He's a man after my own heart. David is the same man that said the angels were encamped around about him. Why? Because of what rested on him. The next one, I'm telling y'all, being sealed has its advantages. That's why Jesus told his disciples, it is expedient. I have to go away because if I don't go away, the spirit can't come. You need this to function. You need this to operate. And the last one, the kingly robe. Now, what do robes do? Let everybody know who has dominion. (laughs) The kingly robe lets everybody know who has dominion. 
and let everybody know who, who's royalty. That's why the Bible says you are a royal priesthood. You have both of them. You have the messianic anointing on your life. Everything that Jesus is, you are. Why? Because he's the head, you're the body. Why? Because you are joint heir of him. Isaiah 6 and 1 says, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. So now watch this. If you were a king and you had a robe, the longer the train, which is the extension of your robe, the more majestic you were, the more powerful you were. He said, he said in a, in a, in a year of King Uzziah's death, he said, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, and his train filled the robe, the, the temple. So imagine him sitting on the throne right up here and the end of his robe extends all the way through to the point where you can't even walk because it's everywhere. You need to know what you attach to. You need to know what you connected to. We, we down with this weak faith. You got to believe in who you are. How many times he got to say it? You are this. You are that. You are this. All, look, the when Moses, okay, when Moses got ready to go Pharaoh, he said, who should I tell them came? He said, tell them I am that I am came because they ain't really a name for me. I do. I, I'm everything. <laughs> I'm everything. I don't have a name. Like you can call me McKinley. God doesn't have a name like that. His name is who he is. It's his power, his authority, his majestic ways, his kingly rule, love, peace, joy. All that is his name. That's why the Bible says God is love. How many kings I got in here? All of us are kings. All of us are kings. Okay, I know, I know y'all with women like, I'm a queen. Whatever. All right. <laughs> you are in the natural. But in the spiritual, the father only has one son. Okay, in the spirit, the father only has one son. He only has one son, Christ. Christ is in all of us. He has one son. So the Bible says he's the king of kings. I'm sorry, ladies. All right. That's your gender. All right. We ain't talking about your gender. We're talking about your spiritual. That's why Jesus had to tell the ignorant Pharisees or the Sadducees, one of them. He told them, he said, look, when you die, it won't be no marriage. (laughs) Proverbs 25 and 2 we got two more scriptures one more scripture after this it says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to investigate a matter it's your scripture ain't it Kenan it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. So it is our Father's glory to hide stuff from us. <laughs> I know, right? It's his glory to hide stuff from us. That's crazy, ain't it? The Bible says that your life is hid in Christ. 
Meaning you got to pursue me. You got to seek me. You got to ask. You got to knock. That's why I I tell y'all, engage. Because it's not just going to come to you. He's equipped you. He's giving you all he's going to give you. He's not going to beam you up, Scotty. Okay? It's not going to happen like that. You got to seek him. You have to seek him. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. He told them, he said, my spirit would not always dwell with man. You have to seek him. Why? Because of who you are. Uh. Verse 3. As the heavens are high and the earth is deep, so the hearts of kings cannot be investigated. You know why a heart of a king cannot be investigated? Because you're seeking something that's hidden. (laughs) When you seek the heart of Abba, when we seek the heart of our heavenly father, the Bible says a natural man can't comprehend things of the spirit. If you have been seeking your level of Look, I don't care how intelligent you are. You can get Neil Tyson DeGrosse down here. I don't care how intellectual you are. Okay? The spirit blows all that away. The spirit, the, the spirit kills, the spirit kills intellect. Jesus said, he said, Father, I thank you that you have hidden your wisdom from the intelligent and the prudent, and you have revealed it to babies. <laughs> so your book knowledge, it don't matter. You can, you can get more degrees in a thermometer. Okay. Once that spirit come upon somebody and they get in that word, I can pull you out of anything. You can take the smartest person in the world and they lost. That's why the Bible says this. Say sealed. That's why the Bible says he who is spiritual appraises all things, judges all things. If you spiritual, you judge everything according to scripture. Everything. It don't matter what it is. You don't do nothing unless it's according to scripture. And if you do that, the Bible says you can't be judged. Why? Because we're kings. We were called to dominate the planet. I know we ain't doing it. I know we are. Oh, let me get. I know we are not doing it. <laughs> but that's a change because the Father wants a divine generation. Okay, this ain't the Old Testament. He ain't looking for a man of God and a bunch of people. Okay, he's looking for a generation. The Bible says we are chosen. Generation chosen to do what? <laughs> this ain't on there, but ni- Revelations 19 and 13. You got to read that, okay? Y'all can get it now if y'all want to. Come on. 19 and 13. The scripture says, King King, I can't imagine how this really looked in the natural. When I heard this in the scripture, I was like, I got to get me one of those. You know, it said Jesus had a, a robe on that was dipped in blood. And they called him what? The word of God. (laughs) Then in verse 16, 
show me. It said that he had a, they're going to get me. They're going to get me. Huh? His name was written on his robe and he had a tattoo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, whoever heard this, I'm sorry. Okay, that was an erasable. <laughs> he had it on his thigh. King of kings and Lord of lords. Then his robe had the same thing on it. I guess it was, I don't know why, I'm just making up some stuff at this point, okay? I think it was written on his leg and then on his thigh so that when we all get to heaven, we'll know, he'll know whose is whose. Because on it, it said the king of kings and the Lord of lords established forever that we are kings with him and we are lords with him. <laughs> so you have a robe dipped in blood. I don't know what you want to say, king, lord. We're called to be kings and lords. We are called to dominate and we are called to rule. We are not called to be passive. We are not called to be scary. The Bible says he has not given us the spirit of fear. He has not given us the spirit of fear. Mm. Somebody going to listen to it, huh? Hey, do what you got to do. You want to hear him say, hey, ain't nothing wrong with a little proof. (laughs) ain't nothing wrong with a little proof alright this is my my last scripture five minutes oh boy yeah I'm getting it Luke 15 and 21 I had to take you here I wasn't going to take you here I was going to end right there but I had to take you here okay Because Jesus is telling the story of the prodigal son. Now, it's important that we know who is telling the story. Because Jesus is giving us these parables as a description of how heaven does things. Say amen. Amen. All right. Luke 15 and 21. It says, now, this is about the prodigal son. They shouldn't call him prodigal because he came home, but they're going to keep doing it, so it is what it is. All right. This is about the prodigal son. He asked for his inheritance, and then he took his inheritance and squandered it to the point where he ended up living with pigs and working a job. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Woo! The word be speaking, don't it? I guess y'all didn't hear that. Okay. (laughs) Verse 21, and it says, and the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. Now, that's important because anytime we sin, it's against heaven. All right. Sin is not against earth. Sin is against heaven. Earth has no laws. Okay. To conduct God's affairs. So anytime we sin, It's against heaven, but it's in the sight of the very thing we're trying to reconcile. 
He says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Have you ever felt like that? Is that everybody? Say amen. You felt like that before? Say amen. If you felt like that, raise your hand. You felt like you was no longer worthy to even be called a child of God? Me too. I, I've had, I had one this week. <laughs> Sometimes you just feel like that, okay? You just feel like I could be doing better. You feel me? You just feel like I can be doing better than what I'm doing. Okay? It, it, look, you have a deep level of worship when it starts to bother you, when sin starts to bother you. When you are not progressing, you have a deep level of worship. That's a deep level of worship. When you feel as if you're not progressing, you know he has called you to do a thing. If you don't feel it, start worshiping. Engage. Now, verse 22, it says, but the father, now he says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. It says, but the father said to his slaves, the father said to his slaves, so now the son comes up to him, Serena, and said, I don't feel like I'm worthy no more to be your child. He didn't speak to him. He spoke to the servants. What did he say? Quickly. Quickly. Hurry up. Get this boy Bring out the best robe. Don't get the one from Burlington Co. Factory. Okay, don't get the TJ Maxx version. He said, quickly, bring out the best robe and you put it on him. You got to hear this because in your down moments, this is what the father tell the angels. If he rejoicing at a sinner repenting, the Bible says we can cry, Abba, Father. Meaning, if it's bothering him, it's bothering you. You needed to hear that. If it's bothering him, it's bothering you. Paul said you, you, no long, you don't have the spirit of, you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have the spirit of bondage to lead you back into fear. Instead, you have been given a spirit of adoption whereby you can cry, Abba, Father. <laughs> mm. He said, quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Then he said, and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. What is he doing? He's sealing him. He's sealing him. Why is he selling him? Because he don't see himself the way his father seen him. He made the mistake. The father knew it. Because the Bible said the younger one asked for it. He said he had two sons. The younger one asked for it. Younger usually represents immature. He knew he was going to squander it. He knew he was not mature enough to handle it. That's why I keep telling y'all, the father not going to give it to you. Until you mature. Them five stages of sonship are real. When you and Nepios, you can't see the inheritance. You can pray all you want to. You can't see the inheritance until you mature to a place where you can handle it. He needs us as at a weos level so we can function properly in the planet. He needs us to grow up 
so that we can function properly in the family. Look what he said. But the father said to his slave, didn't even speak to the son. Didn't even address him. I imagine he didn't even look at him. He just said, quickly, hurry up. Snappy, probably snapped his fingers. Bring out the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Verse 23, and bring a fattened calf, slaughter it, and let's eat and celebrate. We have a father that celebrates us. Y'all better, look, you have a father that celebrates you even in your failure. Even in your failure. Even when you dead wrong, you didn't get it right. He's still going to celebrate you. Why? Because you belong to him. Because you belong to him. He's not looking at your sins. He's not looking at your mistake. He's looking at your state of mind. He's looking at your maturity level. If he would judge us by sin, nobody's qualified. (laughs) If he would judge us by sin, there's no need to send a son. You sent the son because you've seen sinners. (laughs) Nobody qualifies. If he's looking at sin, we all going to fail. Okay? Because watch this. It ain't the natural things. When he got ready to anoint David, they called everybody out there. They called the first seven sons out there. Bible said they were tall, handsome. Some of them drove BMWs. Some of them had huge houses. Two of them had Lamborghinis. Okay? God spoke and said, that's what y'all look at that stuff. I'm looking at the inner man. So now... If he's not looking at your physique, your hair, he ain't looking at your skin tone, he ain't looking at your nails, your pretty eyes and thighs, he ain't looking at all that. If he ain't looking at that to give you favor, then he ain't looking at that when it's time to punish you, when it's time to rebuke you. He's looking at your heart. You made the mistake, but what was your heart at? (laughs) This is why. Verse 24 He said, now, he said, get the robe, get the rings, get the sandals, hurry up, put it on them, get the best calf, let's throw a party, okay, (laughs) invite everybody, we ain't gonna talk about this hating brother, okay, we ain't gonna talk about him, that's another message, all right, because, look, this happens in the body of Christ. You fail, and they think you shouldn't be blessed. (laughs) You make a mistake, and... And people want God to disconnect. I told you. (laughs) See? That's the reason why that happened. Because of what you did. Well, why Jesus didn't tell the story like that? Jesus said he celebrated. And then verse 24, he said, he said, verse 23 said, bring the fattened calf, slaughter it, kill it. Let's eat and celebrate for this son of mine. That's it. That's all we need. Why did he do it? Because this son of mine, my possession, I don't know how you treat your kids, but how I treat mine, even in their mistakes, I celebrate them. Why? Because there's work to do. It's work to do. And he ain't got time for your pity party. 
He ain't got time for your depression. He ain't got time for you to sit in there talking about what you failed and what didn't go right and everything you're wrong. And, and I don't know. He ain't got time for that. That's why he equipped you. That's why he equipped us. Because everything he does, he does for his namesake. He don't do it for your name. I know we in the body of Christ where they think God do everything because he did it because I'm anointed. No, it's not why. (laughs) It's not why. He did it because you're his child. Everything he do, he do for his name's sake. Like I keep telling you, this is his plan. This is his plan. So in order for his his plan to be effective, you know he know he gonna have to forgive some stuff. Okay, let's look at it like this. Let's say you wanted to bequeath a business to your kids. Now you got a choice. You can leave leave it to the kids, or you can leave it to a stranger. Now, what will make you leave it to a stranger is that the kids just not acting right. <laughs> so you got a choice. Deal with your kids, your seed, keep it in the family, or you can give it to a stranger. When Abraham got his blessing, when Abraham got his blessing, he said, Father, no, he didn't. Sorry, wasn't his father. He said, God, give me a seed. I'm closing. Give me a seed. Give me a seed. Give me a seed. Why? So I can leave this inheritance to. The father planted the seed because he wanted you to have the inheritance. If he said, I didn't deliver, if, if, if I didn't deliver up my son, or if I delivered up my son for you, if I allow him to go to a cross and be crucified, if I did that for you, he said, who can be against you? He said, I'm for you. Who can be against you? If I didn't stop my, if I didn't stop them from killing my son on the cross, if I didn't stop the nails, if I didn't stop the crown on his head, the 39 plus one slashes on his back, if I didn't stop them from slapping him and spitting on him, nailing the cross, nailing his feet, poking him in his side, if I didn't stop that, what makes you think I won't give you all things? Oh, hold on. I'm about to speak black people language. I'm about to speak black people language. Freely. <laughs> Freely. Y'all know y'all like free. Y'all know y'all like free. Y'all like free and a hookup. No, we're going to rebuke that spirit. Okay. I'm not, I'm not playing. Look, the next series we about to do is we're going to do harvest on giving. Okay. One of the things you got to understand about giving is if you keep asking for hookups, it's going to, watch this, it's going to destroy the value of your product. <laughs> I need more claps than that. Okay. If you keep asking for hookups, it's only going to destroy the value of your product. Pay somebody for what they're worth so that you can get what you're worth. Because according to the scriptures, you only reap what you, <laughs> you keep planting these free seeds. <laughs> you keep trying to get hooked up 
And then you'll be wondering why everybody won't pay half price for your stuff. Because you plan that. You should see the look on your face. I wish you could see the look on your face. <laughs> I wish you could see the look on your Amen. So we are sealed. Okay? We are sealed. Now, with the whole king thing, I'm nine minutes over my time. Forgive me. With the whole king thing, with us, he said, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. I'll give you the anointing. I'll give you the mantle. I'll give you the ephod. I give you the armor of God. I give you the signet ring. But you got to earn that crown. <laughs> You're going to have to earn that crown. Chris told me he seen me and Dr. Hardy with crowns on our head that had a lot of jewels in it. You got to earn that crown. You got to earn that crown. Okay. Paul said, I fought the fight of faith. I fought the fight of faith. I endured mine. So he said, there's a crown laid up for me. <laughs> he didn't say us. <laughs> he said, for me, there's a crown laid up according to what I do. What I do don't get you a crown. You got the robe, but you got to earn the crown. All heaven see you as royalty. But the dominion, it's going to come with some faith and some work. Amen. Hallelujah.